So all it's been for a long time now in all of the sports world, it seems like, is doom and gloom. But you know what? As we get ready for a Big 12 season that is certainly going to look different, I've got another reason to be very optimistic. It's Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So here's the deal. This could be the most exciting Big 12 season in years. Now, there's obvious reasons why that could be the case, right? Uh, Just a conference slate with one non-conference game. What's it going to look like with the college football playoff? I mean, there's there's so many factors here that we don't even know yet. But we know it's going to be different and it's going to be fascinating, right? For all conferences across the entire sport. But then you look at the Big 12. And you said to yourself, okay, I, I don't know, you know, how things are going to shake out with the playoff, but I do know this. If you just talk about these teams and the fact that this conference, top to bottom, is as deep and arguably as close as it gets anywhere, anywhere in college football, boy, this can be an exciting fall. So let's look at this from the optimistic perspective. I mean, I think we're going towards a fall where, you know, seven and two could very well win you the Big 12 Conference and put you in a tie at the top of the Big 12 Conference with the nine conference games. OU obviously has owned this conference, right? I mean, you think about OU, think about the fact that, you know, five straight Big 12 championships, uh, they have been absolutely rolling, no doubt about it. And they're the team to beat until somebody proves otherwise. So I'm not going to deny that. I've said it all offseason, they're the team to beat. But when you think about the fact that the Big 12, and for the first time under Lincoln Riley, you know, they're working in that new quarterback, likely to be Spencer Rattler. But then you've got teams that we can make the case for upending and possibly unseating OU at the top of the Big 12. And we can make that case as strongly as we've been able to make that case in a very long time. While I think OU's defense is going to be better, and I like Alex Grinch, and I think year two, under Alex Grinch is going to be very impressive. Um, ultimately, you've got a redshirt freshman quarterback. Lincoln Riley's never had to deal with that. And while that person, Spencer Rattler, is going to put up huge numbers because that's what everybody who is a quarterback under Lincoln Riley does, assuming they have like two arms and two legs and half a brain, um, maybe there's that one mistake that, a guy like Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield wasn't going to make. You know, they, they weren't going to make that mistake. But a redshirt freshman, no matter how good of a coach Lincoln Riley is, that mistake is more likely to happen. Does that mean that an Oklahoma State, a Texas, maybe an Iowa State, can jump up there and, and make the case that, no, 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 this is the year your run comes to an end, It's our turn. It's our year. And that's the other part of this, too. It's not just the OU factor with the young quarterback, right? It's the fact that the other teams that, you know, we can make a case for at the top of the Big 12 have as good a case as they've had any time over the past four years. And go down the list. Let's start with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. 10 of 11 back on defense. You've got uh, Spencer Sanders back at quarterback. You have Tylen Wallace at wide receiver. You've got Chuba Hubbard, arguably the best running back in America, uh, back at that position, right? So at no point in the past five years, hell, since Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman 
have you been able to make the case that Oklahoma State is a legit um, top of the Big 12 contender? I mean, there were a couple of years with Mason Rudolph. But this, if you go into the season, this is as good of a case as you have been able to make for a very, very long time on behalf of uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So you've got the case to be made there for Oklahoma State, right? Then you go to Texas. And I know, and I get it, and I've said the same thing. Oh, every year, Texas is back. This is the year Texas is back, right? Like, we've all been there. We've all done it. We've all heard it. But if you want to make the case, this actually is the year to make the case. With Sam Ellinger as a senior, with those defensive backs from the incredible class of 2020, now going into their junior years, upperclassmen, hopefully for their sake, uh, going to be injury-free. This is the year you make the case for Texas, and you say, no, 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 no. Ellinger's a senior. Uh, the defense has finally some really good experience and an enormous amount of talent on it. And hopefully, for the Longhorns' sake, you've got healthy offensive weapons and uh, some very solid pieces on the offensive line. So I I know it sounds like a broken record, but I'm just saying if there was a time in the last five years when you're going to make the case for Texas being back, as I put up my air quotes, this is that year, right? This is that year for the Texas Longhorns. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Tom Herman knows the pressure's on him. Now, I I don't think that it's on him. I don't think he's going to lose his job unless it's a total disaster of a season. But you know what? There's something to be said for coaching with pressure. And Tom Herman um, oftentimes is actually better when he's coaching under pressure. He does better. Tom Herman and his teams perform better playing up in competition than they do playing down. I mean, for whatever reason, they'll, uh, you know, knock off an unranked team, but then struggle with uh, or they'll knock off a top ranked team and then struggle with an unranked team. It's, it's kind of weird like that. But this is the year to make that case for Texas as well as you've been able to make it over the past half a decade, right? And then you can also make a case for Iowa State. And I know some of you are going to kill me for this, and that's fine. Because you think I'm an Iowa State homer, even though I've got no tie to the program. I like the program. I mean, I like all the Big 12 programs. But I've got not a single tie to Iowa State personally. But you can make a case that Iowa State, with Brock Purdy and having a quarterback that some people believe can be a first half of the first round NFL draft pick. The case for the Cyclones is as good as it's ever been with a guy like Brock Purdy, the two tight ends, um, the defense under John Heacock, which, yes, misses some pieces like Ray Lima, but still has a uh, very, very strong base to it. Got to get the offensive line figured out. But you can make the case for Iowa State as well as you've been able to make that case for Iowa State. I mean, certainly in a very long time, right? Uh, Certainly since Matt Campbell's been on board. And you look at the fact that last year, Iowa State lost, let's see, one, two, uh, three, four, four games by a touchdown or less for Iowa State last year. Four games by a touchdown or less. So, I mean, you know, you get a couple of bounces one way or the other on that, and Iowa State goes from last year Five and four in the Big 12 to seven and two in the Big 12. If you just split those games, right? You get a bounce here or there and you're seven and two. And you're in a solid third place in the Big 12 behind Oklahoma and Baylor. Unless, by the way, you beat Baylor in a game that you lost 23 21 
and you're seven and two and Baylor seven and two and you've got the tiebreaker head to head. So I, I, I'm just saying a couple of bounces and I know it's a cliche and I you know you that you can say it for any team in the Big 12, but I'm just saying you can make that case this year for Iowa State as well as you have been able to make it at any point over the last uh, several years. And then you go down the conference list, and here's why this could also be the most exciting year for the Big 12 in a very long time. And it's been damn good lately, by the way. You talk about the parity, it's been very damn good. But the teams we haven't even mentioned yet, right? Like a Kansas State that's coming off an eight-win season beating Oklahoma. What do they have in store in year two under Chris Kleiman? All those year two coaches from Chris Kleiman at Kansas State to Neil Brown at West Virginia who closed the season strong, and he had a big-time you know, year two bump. Uh, you go to Texas Tech with Matt Wells, a team that lost a lot of close games as well, and then, you know, put less miles in Kansas State at the very bottom. But those other three, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, on any given Saturday, and yes, once again, a cliche, but seriously, on any given Saturday, at least I call out my cliches, right? If I'm going to use it, I'm going to tell you I know it's a cliche. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to squeeze in, you know, 10 cliches in five minutes and and <laughs> – not admit to you that I'm using a cliche. But the point of using it is the fact that you can make a case that a Kansas State, a West Virginia, or a Texas Tech, they can knock off an Oklahoma, a Texas, or an Oklahoma State this Saturday, this fall, on any Saturday, and it would not shock me in the slightest. Just wouldn't. And I didn't even mention, by the way, TCU. But TCU... Uh, The transfers that TCU has brought in is incredible. It is absolutely incredible, the transfers that TCU has brought in. And I don't even think, you know, some other Big 12 media folks are talking about it enough. I mean, they have been unbelievable. They've got a five-star running back in Zach Evans. That should help out Max Duggan. they got a former LSU linebacker, a former five-star guy, Marcel Brooks. You've got a really solid wide receiver in uh, J.D. Spielman coming in from Nebraska, graduate transfer. The pieces, the defense is always there. But, boy, you've now got some nice offensive weapons for Max Duggan on that offense. And, you know, TCU is a team that if they pop from 5-7 and last year to, I guess it's just conference play plus one, but if they go 6-3 and in the Big 12 and let's say a non-conference win, so 7-3, and that wouldn't shock me at all. And that means TCU is going to go into their games against Oklahoma, against Oklahoma State, against Texas, thinking, why not us? Why not win this game? And, heck, I haven't even mentioned Baylor, the team that was in the Big 12 title game last year. And, yes, I think they're taking a step back. I think they are. But, once again, with a senior quarterback who's been through the wars in Charlie Brewer and a defensive mind like Dave Aranda, who, yes, has a lot of new pieces he's got to work with, but am I going to doubt those guys after a lot of those guys, you know, have been through more the past three years under Matt Rule going from one win to 11 wins? Am I going to count those guys out of anything? Goodness, no. I'm not going to do that. So, I mean, we could be looking at a heck of a fall here for the Big 12. And that's why I want to bring you that optimism that for all the woe, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm still nervous about what the season's going to look like, but If we get there, if we're playing games, man, the Big 12 is going to be as fun as any conference in America. Heck, it's going to be more fun than any other conference in America. That's how enjoyable 
this fall could be just sitting on the couch, popping a cold one in your Heartland College Sports koozie, by the way, which if you're a podcast listener, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Email me at PeteMundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O. And, boy, it's going to be a blast. It is going to be a blast. So let's not forget to talk about actual football because there's so much else going on off the field, all this noise, and, of course, we'll talk about that. But on the field, this has all the makings of a hell of a season. And it can be just so much fun for this conference. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be here with you each and every week. And uh, coming up, we've got some news on the NCAA side of things. We'll tell you about that on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, we're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet and that. Meantime at West Virginia, uh, safety Kerry Martin said he will sit out the season because of health concerns. He announced on social media, uh, he has sickle cell and asthma. And he said, I signed my national letter of intent to this university to become a great football player and leave as a better man, as well as having a better understanding about life and to pursue my professional dream, but not to play during a worldwide pandemic. He went on to say, I don't feel that it is safe to play while there's a virus that we have no forms of a cure or know the long-term effects of the virus, as many athletes are currently having heart and other respiratory problems. So that is uh, Kerry Martin for West Virginia. Now, if that name rings a bell, it should, because Martin went public last month, or I guess it was June now, so two months ago, about alleged mistreatment by defensive coordinator Vic Koenig, um, and Koenig is no longer the defensive coordinator. Koenig and the Mountaineers decided to part ways. They agreed to basically part ways, and Martin was the catalyst behind that. So that's why that name probably rings a bell for you, but he has opted out of the season now, he's got some pre-existing conditions there and sickle cell and asthma, so I get it. Normally, I'd say, and, and I believe this, and as someone that does a uh, news-based show in Kansas City on the weekdays, I've done actually a lot of research into it, and I've, I've looked at the numbers and everything else. I mean, a young, healthy stud athlete is exponentially more likely to end up asymptomatic than, you know, in a hospital due to COVID. It's just, it, it's just the numbers, okay? Those are the numbers. You can disagree on how to handle it, but you can't disagree with those numbers. But if you are somebody like Kerry Martin, who's got a pre-existing condition and some concerns there, that you know what? I'm, I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not. He should keep his scholarship, but uh, the other players, if they're healthy, and they're comfortable. I mean, we should be playing football and we should have all the information. And, and that's how it's got to be on this thing moving forward. Meantime, uh, the Big Ten has followed the Pac-12 in publishing a list of demands related to their safety during the coronavirus pandemic, along with what they called other platforms for change. The list of demands entitled Big Ten United was written by players in the Big Ten, 
And among their demands include third party approved by players to administer COVID testing and to enforce all COVID-19 health and safety standards, sufficient penalties for noncompliance, mandates for athletic personnel to report suspected violations, whistleblower protection for athletic personnel and college athletes reporting a suspected violation. Fine. All these things are, you know, safety first. Totally get it. Absolutely. Coverage for all out-of-pocket medical expenses related to COVID, both short and long-term, incurred by active college athletes. I mean, if you get COVID at, um, you know, in the facilities and you can prove it and God forbid you end up in the hospital, uh, yes, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally fine with that. I think that's fair. All right. I think that's completely fair. If you get COVID at a facility and you get really, really sick. Now, the overwhelming odds, based on what I was just telling you, is that you won't. But if you do, I I don't have a problem with that. I don't. So this was part of the list of demands here from a Big Ten players. And for the most part, I'm okay with it. Now, last week, I told you about some of the other social justice stuff from the Pac-12. And, you know, they want half of the revenues for each sport and not realizing that profits and revenues, guys. Uh, Memo, Econ 101, profits and revenues are two different things. Um, Little memo, profits and revenues are two different things. So that is different. But this, when you talk about just COVID safety measures, uh, it's fine. That's fine. I can get behind that. I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, get all worked up about that. I I believe that, you know what, when it comes to things like safety, yes, safety first, I'm on board with that. Let's get a season played and let's make sure everybody is on the same page. And you know what? Away we go. I mean, that's uh, that's totally fine. You're not going to see me here complaining about that or making a big deal about that not let's be safe and let's play some football let's do it let's play some ball folks i'm fired up i'm fired up we've got sports underway all over the place and uh we want some college football and yes we also want player safety so don't act like oh you don't care about the player safety i do i do i do i do we all do all right it's not a hot take not a hot take So I kept thinking about something that uh, Phil Steele said on the program this week. Uh, Phil Steele, of course, uh, the great Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine. And by the way, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And it was his love for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, I I agree. West Virginia had a had a very good defense last year, right? The, the defense was not the problem. It was the fact that you had a situation where Uh, The offense couldn't score any points. Austin Kendall did not live up to the hype at quarterback. And the running game was a mess. I mean, maybe Kendall would have been better if the running game was was better. The running game was the worst in the Big 12. But he couldn't get it done. That being said, you know, West Virginia still had some games last year, whether it was an 11-point loss to Texas, uh, you know, the three-point loss to Baylor, by the way. You know, you look down the stretch, the seven-point loss to Oklahoma State. There were some games that they were in that, you know, maybe a more experienced team with a better quarterback play picks up that victory, you know? It's entirely possible. And they're a game away from being bowl eligible. Now, here's the thing. I think for for any coach, 
whether it's uh, Neil Brown entering a year two looking for a, an uptick, Matt Wells at Texas Tech looking for an uptick in year two. Uh, I think that those guys get like next year is really their year two. This year is a wash for everybody. I barring something disastrous for any coach, whether it's Tom Herman at Texas or Neil Brown or, or Matt Wells, you would have to have a total debacle of a year. I think to get in a hot seat. I mean, these guys all have huge buyouts. Let's not forget that they've got enormous buyouts. These athletic departments are bleeding money. No NCAA tournament money. There's going to be no gate money this year for the games, assuming we get them all in. There's going to be no fans there. I mean, I just can't see a situation right now where there are certainly no full stadiums, but maybe you get 25% of fans in, maybe 50% of fans. Either way, you're going to be losing money at the gate. You're not going to have that money like you expected. So it's going to be tight. So I don't think any coach is going to be judged harshly based on this year. It's basically a pass for every college football coach, which I'm sure they're happy about that in some aspects, right? Because the churn and burn of the sport, it's uh, immediate results and get it done now and no excuses. But I have a tough time, tough time seeing West Virginia take that big leap. I love the Stills brothers on defense. I really do. But I, I just, it's difficult to see. It's very difficult for me to see it. You know, they got to go to Texas. Uh, they got to go to Oklahoma State. They got to go to Iowa State. That's arguably three of the top four teams in the Big 12 in the preseason, in my book. You've got on the road. And then you've got Oklahoma at home. And frankly, Oklahoma may be the least winnable of those four games. The other three all got to be on the road. So then you find yourself in a situation where if you're the Mountaineers, you go in a best case one in three in those games. Maybe you win one of those three road games. And I mean, maybe the best case is two and two, but let's say realistically one in three. Then you got to find yourself five wins. Okay. A non-conference and four other conference wins. I mean, okay. KU is at home, but I mean, TCU, Kansas state, Texas tech, Baylor, those are all coin toss games for West Virginia. And frankly, they're coin toss games for all of those teams. I mean, they're all, I think, part of the middle of the pack of the Big 12. A bounce here, a bounce there could be all the difference in the world. But I, I just, I can't see as much as I like some of the players on that defense, and it's nothing against Neil Brown. But this conference, to what we talked about earlier in the show, is so deep and so solid. I have a difficult time saying, yeah, I see the Mountaineers taking that jump to 6-3 and three in conference play. You'd have to have a perfect storm here where Jared Dayu becomes a stud and the offensive pieces are clicking, the line is there, and then the defense is everything that we expected and anticipated plus a little bit more. And I can't say that's going to happen today with any sort of confidence. I, I can't do it. I mean, maybe the most diehard Mountaineer fan can do it, but I certainly can't. And that's why when you get, you know, middle of the pack in the Big 12, you can make a case for five teams in the Big 12 you know, probably that middle tier, finishing anywhere from three and six in conference play to six and three. You can do it for, uh, I would say, Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and TCU. Half the conference you can make that case for. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a conference talking about depth. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. 
If you're on the podcast, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you do that, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. On the radio side, we love you guys always. Our affiliates, you guys are the absolute best, and we are looking forward to a college football season. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. See you next week.